This podcast was recorded from our twice weekly live stream. To watch this video or see other episodes of The Spiritual Journalist, head to thespiritualjournalist.com or find me on YouTube. You can find a link in the show notes. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Spiritual Journalist. I'm so grateful you found us here and I'm so excited to share today's guest with you. Her name is Kristen. She's the founder of Pursuit of Bliss. And today we're talking all about manifestation. You've probably heard of this concept now. It's been floating around quite a bit on social media, but you might be wondering, how do I manifest? What does this actually look like? Well, today we're going to give you some practical tips and we're going to hear all about Kristen's manifestation journey, how she was able to call in this life of abundance, making six figures, living in dream locations. She's going to reveal it all to us. So let's dive right in. I've always been a deeply curious person, talking with anyone who would listen and soaking in as much information as possible. So it's no surprise my love for storytelling led me to a career in journalism. But after nearly a decade working in newsrooms across the West Coast, I realized I wanted to start asking questions you probably wouldn't see on your local news. So I left my job as a morning TV reporter and started The Spiritual Journalist. This isn't just a YouTube channel, podcast, website, or social media page. This is a live conversation where you get to ask questions too, because I'm not the expert. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. My goal is to connect you with people who have profound experiences and inspirational stories to share. And we'll definitely mix a little astrology in too. So if you're like me, you have this insatiable curiosity and you love deep conversations too, well, this is the place for you. Together each week, we'll explore everything from crystals and tarot to mental health and the environment. There are no wrong questions here. My ultimate goal is for you to come away from each episode with a new perspective and an expanded consciousness. This is a channel for the collective. This is a community for the curious. This is The Spiritual Journalist. Hello, thank you so much for joining me today. This is such a fun episode for me because Kristen and I actually went to the same high school and we were in a lot of the same classes not necessarily close friends in high school, um, but you know, we were always around each other and it's been over a decade now <laughs> since high school. I've watched different Easy. ventures that you've gone on over the years. I've kept up with you a little bit here and there on social media. And then about a year or two ago, I was on Instagram and watching the stories of this huge influencer, Quigley, many people follow her. And all of a sudden she's talking about manifestation and this course that she loves so much. So I click on it and there you are. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know her. <laughs> so how, t tell me how that collaboration came about. I just really admired her. I mean, I, I've been following her for a while on Instagram and really admired her. And I'm really specific and intentional about who I like to be in touch with and follow on Instagram. It's more than just what kind of influencer they are or what they share. It's like their energy 
and her energy mm-hmm. is so pure. And so I was really drawn to her. And so um, I just, after a while, reached out to her because I love her energy. And we began to just kind of like share what we're both about. And I just loved what she's about. And so we decided to collaborate. And um, which is so exciting to me because that's my favorite part about social media is collaborating and sharing with people whose energy is so just pure and genuine and um, abundant. So um, that was just such a beautiful experience for me. Well, that's how I became aware of your expertise in manifestation. And now I'm so grateful to be able to share that with my audience. You talked about being very specific and intentional. So I think this is a great segue to bring up your birth chart. (laughs) Uh, So on every episode of The Spiritual Journalist, we do a quick reading of our guest's birth chart at the beginning of the show so you can get to know them a little bit better on a deeper level. Um, So what's really cool about this is that you were actually born almost 48 hours exactly after I was. Um, So we're really close in age. And I think this is so cool, too, because I don't think we would have ever known that in high school, that we have so many similarities, you know, until I pulled up your birth chart and I was like, oh, my gosh, we're so similar. (laughs) So... um, What's interesting, though, and and something I like to point out is even though we were only born two days apart, our charts look drastically different. So your rising sign is in Libra. This is kind of your first impression, how you dawn on people, your outward expression. And I had a feeling you were a Libra rising because you really do come across as just very peaceful and balanced. You talked about loving partnerships. Libra is all about partnerships. And I would venture to guess, only because I did know you during high school, that you might have been unsure of yourself for a long time. Um, or you kind of came came across as unsure of yourself. Years and years. That is on point. Yes, but now you have such a different energy, and I feel like you really leaned into a lot of these placements in your first house. You have Mercury in your first house, which is all about communicating and speaking, expressing your thoughts, um, and that is really in line with your identity when it's in your first house. And then you have Jupiter, the planet of abundance and manifestation, in your first house. You're like, this is part of who I am to my core. Part of my purpose here is to teach people and talk talk about manifestation, and Mars is also in your first house. So really leaning into those placements, it's honestly wild just through social media, seeing how you've transformed when you really stepped into that confident energy. You also have a Sagittarius moon. So it's a low degree moon. It's like zero degrees Sagittarius. Um, But Sagittarius is the sign of expansion, of higher thinking. So you're probably really nurtured by being able to expand, being able to adventure. I know that you've lived all over the world, so you probably feel very nurtured by that exploration, by that freedom, right? Oh, absolutely. And then your son is in Virgo, just like mine, Um, but your son is in your 12th house. So what that says to me is that your identity comes along with this association to spirituality um, and that the more you come into your own, the more deeply connected to your spirituality you'll be. 
love that. And then we both have our Saturn in Aquarius. So we're both going through our Saturn return right now, um, which can be a time of lessons. But I think it's really interesting having Saturn in Aquarius. For me, I've really tried to lean into technology um, because Aquarius rules technology. And it's funny because you in the past couple of years have had these huge life shifts. And I have a feeling in the coming years, those quantum leaps, as you call them, are just going to keep getting bigger as you lean into your Saturn return. Absolutely. It's <laughs> funny that day I'm in my Saturn return. I didn't know that. But now that you say that, I'm like, oh my God, my whole life makes sense. <laughs> so our Saturn return, I believe ours is at 24 degrees in Aquarius. So because ours is almost going to be exactly at the same time. So I looked up the exact dates and I want to say around May of next year is when Saturn actually comes back to the exact placement that it is in our charts. So we're kind of leading up to this energy in May of next year. I knew my Saturn return was coming and I'm like, I'm just going to like upheave my whole life and just to like lean into it instead of letting it happen to me. <laughs> you know, that Virgo-ness, I need that control. Yeah, that that's me too. That's when we the past like four or five months just shifted. Every area of my life has shifted. And I was in this like four month complete void of just like restarting everything. And um, it's, it's, it's interesting hearing that this has been my, I mean, I didn't even think to look at astrology, but um, that makes perfect sense. That would be your Saturn return. And yours is in your fifth house, which rules fun and creativity and flow and joy and that inner childlike essence, which just following you over the past couple months seems like you're really leaning into that, leaning into that fun. A hundred percent. That's funny because that's been my goal in the past of me kind of like restarting everything in my life and looking at things through a new lens. That's when my, my word has been, my words have been ease, flow and play. And that's what, everything I'm doing has to come from ease, flow, or play, or I'm not interested. And so, I mean, as usual, everything always aligns with astrology. That just blows my mind. That's amazing. Play is like the word of the fifth house. So that is so perfect. And then the last thing I'll point out here is that your midheaven is in Cancer. And our midheaven kind of shows us the energy that will be most potent when it comes to achieving what we want in our career. Um, because it's right between the ninth and 10th house. The ninth house rules expansion, exploration. The 10th house rules our long-term goals in our career. Yours being in Cancer tells me that leaning into your divine feminine energy and just cultivating a community around the divine feminine is going to be really beneficial for you. That resonates deeply. I had a feeling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any other questions you have about your chart before we just dive right into manifestation? No questions. I mean, it all resonates so deeply. Um, yeah, I thank you. I appreciate all of that. Oh, I love that. I love when it resonates with people because sometimes I feel like I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks, you know, like, is this going to feel aligned for them? <laughs> aligned I am within myself and like my soul the more I feel like astrology readings really hit um, and that one really hit so 
Oh, good. Yeah, I definitely feel that too. Even as I've been tracking the transits daily, people have asked me, like, do you plan your days around the transits? And I always say, no, once I'm aware of them, it just seems like my life is flowing with them. I'm already tapped into that energy. Yeah, I feel that. It's all about alignment. So speaking of the transits, uh, today is actually activating our past lives and our memories of our past selves, which I think is so perfect for this interview because the last time you and I were probably in the same room, the same setting was over a decade ago. And we were very different people, like identified as different people, had different names that we identified with. Talk to me about Kristen then, high school Kristen, and how far she's come. Oh my gosh. I love high school Kristen. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I am, no part of me is the same. I'm so different. In high school, I was extremely shy, terrified of speaking, uh, so much anxiety. Like I was terrified of being called on. I would turn like bright tomato red. So I had all this anxiety of people looking at me and just like wasn't hadn't stepped into myself. I, uh, I was just afraid of speaking. Like I had, didn't have my voice and speaking of past lives, I've now done a lot of work and understand that a lot of my past life experiences have been suppressing my voice, which is why it's been my biggest journey in this life is finding my voice and being confident enough to share that, which is now what I do as a profession basically. And, and so it's been a journey of like stepping into myself and feeling safe enough to share my voice. And I don't think I really stepped into that until I was maybe 25, 26. So it took me a long time. Uh, but, you know, I when I think back to high school, Kristen, I just like oh, I have so much love for her because I needed to be her and I needed to be in that place to be able to be where I am now and to help people who are in that place, um, to help people to also open up and to find their voice and to share their gifts. And that's a big part of manifestation. So, uh, yeah, it's been quite the journey. <laughs> yes, it's been such a joy to watch every iteration of you because if I remember correctly, you were doing, were you doing like nutrition for a while or did you study nutrition? I had so many different journeys and paths. I think I had like five or six different like business attempts before I found what actually worked for me. But yeah, I used to do network marketing. I used to do, like selling vitamins. I used to do, I tried health coaching for a while. Um, I tried being a plant-based blogger for a while. Uh, everything kind of fell flat uh, until I started doing what I'm doing now. And when I actually started my podcast, which is like central to my business now, it was supposed to be a health and like plant-based eating podcast. Um, and I recorded like five episodes on that topic and none of them felt good. So I scrapped it and then started talking about spirituality, which I was terrified to share, but actually wanted to. And that was the beginning of the season that I'm now in. <laughs> I resonate with that deeply because I am just coming into my own and sharing my own spirituality kind of in a big way, restructuring my whole career around it. But it can bring up a lot of those limiting beliefs and those people-pleasing tendencies, especially as Virgos, you have some Libra placements as well. So do I. So, um, you know, we can tend to be people pleasers. How did you overcome those fears and where did you find spirituality? Have you always been a spiritual person? No. So I'll touch on that first and then I'll lead into okay. the fears uh, because it kind of starts out in high school, my spiritual journey. I've always felt called to something, but I didn't know what it was. And before, you know, 
few years ago, I knew nothing about spirituality. So to me, spirituality was religion. So mm -hmm. my family was religious. I grew up with really no, no religion. We didn't go to church. And in high school, I, I found Christianity. I started going to church by myself. I uh, became really religious. And then after a while, I just didn't resonate with it anymore. There were parts about it that I felt like were restricting me. And I felt like almost claustrophobic. There were too many rules that I didn't align with. But I just, I loved the connection to something bigger than myself. And so I went through this really confusing stage in college of, I don't resonate with religion, but I, I feel empty without it. And I don't know who I am or where I am or where to turn. And so after college is when I kind of found spirituality through Instagram, through account sharing about it. And I started to be like, oh my gosh, I feel like this could be something. And I started attempting to lean into spirituality and manifestation, uh, but it didn't work for me and nothing ever manifested. So I went into this, oh, this is bullshit. Maybe nothing is real. Um, until maybe I was about 25 and kind of hit a rock bottom in my life where I was willing to give spirituality a second chance and manifesta manifestation a second chance. And I dove deeper into it this time and understood that I kind of only had a surface level version of it before, which is why it never worked for me and why it never resonated. And so the second time around, when I was at this rock bottom willing to try anything, I went deeper and it started to make sense and synchronicity started to appear. And I started to see the world in a different way and manifestation began to work. And that's when I was like, hmm, there's something here and began to like reconnect to, you know, universe, spirit, source, God, whatever word you want to use, I began to reconnect. And that's when my life completely transformed. And that's about the time period I wanted to start the podcast, but was terrified because I feel like spirituality has become a bit more mainstream these days, like a bit more publicly oh, yeah. acceptable. Yeah, but you know, a few years ago, it was a lot different. We've moved really quickly. Back then, it was still kind of more taboo, so kind of more woo-woo. And so I was terrified. And I thought people would think I was silly. I thought people would laugh at me. I had a corporate job. I was scared of what they would think, scared of what my family would think. And actually, when I published my first episode, I was so scared I turned my phone on airplane mode and threw it across the room and like wouldn't look at it for hours because I was sure I was going to receive messages of people laughing at me. Uh, so it wasn't really about not having fears because I was terrified. It was really more of like feel the fear and take messy action because, you know, the way I look at it, you're going to be uncomfortable no matter what. You can either be uncomfortable doing the same thing you've always done where I was super uncomfortable in my life. I did not like my life. Or I could choose the discomfort of taking this scary action and, and facing whatever the consequences were. So I decided that, you know, only that option had the potential to change my life and it was going to be uncomfortable no matter what I did. So I chose option two and it was scary and it still is sometimes, but it changed my life. Um, and it brought a lot more fulfillment. Dramatically changed your life. Um, I want to go back to what you said about hitting rock bottom. Uh, because I have experienced something similar in my own awakening and my own spiritual journey. Do you feel like you have to hit rock bottom to awaken or to have that realization and get closer to source? You know, I, I don't think you have to. I think it's a path a lot of people end up taking because, of course, like there were signs for years and years and years. I look back now and I'm like, there were so many signs. There were so many opportunities for me to go deeper but I was sidetracked, um, you know, by other areas of my life, like drinking, partying, um, even traveling for me used to be like a way to avoid 
everything. You know, I was always looking for the next, um, the next rush of excitement just to avoid all of this deep unfulfillment within me that I didn't want to look at. And so if I had been willing to end the avoidance and just stay still, um, the awakening could have come without the rock bottom. But honestly, I'm happy that I hit the rock bottom because it taught me a lot of lessons that now allow me to be the teacher that I am. Um, but no, I don't believe it's necessary. Um, for me, it was, <laughs> but not for everyone. So what was the pivotal moment you're working in this corporate job when you were able to leave your job and jump head first into this new business, this new journey? There were so many pivotal moments. And when I was in the corporate job, I mean, that was the lowest low because my entire life I said, I will never get a corporate job. I, I said it my whole life and I allowed myself to be kind of um, convinced into it by the people around me. And I allowed the people around me to make me believe that it was the only way after everything else I had tried had failed. And so I kind of went in it already feeling dejected, already feeling like a failure, started the job and I was good at the job. And, um, I just, I was miserable in my life. Like at the time I was broke living paycheck to paycheck. I was sharing a bedroom with my roommate. My mattress was on the floor because I couldn't even afford a bed frame, like walking to work because I couldn't afford a car sitting at a job I hated. So I just, I had, I was, you know, drinking, you know, going to happy hours every day to avoid how just completely unfulfilled I was. And I was at a point where I had never felt that, um, anxious in my life before ever. And, um, you know, I was in that job for about eight months and the first half of it, I had been trying to succeed at network marketing and health coaching and things like that for years. And I was still trying that and nothing was working. And I remember being at a conference, I went to the self-development conference and I was, I went for a walk. It was in Vegas, like 6am. And I remember just this moment of just stopping and being like, I can't go back to my life. I cannot go back to it. I'm just not okay with it anymore. I can't, I'm not okay with living this life for the rest of my life. And I remember just being like universe, like God, spirit, if this is real, if you're real, if you hear me, um, I'm willing to go all in, like show me the way. And I will say yes to everything you put in my path no matter how terrified I am, as long as you promise me that my vision will come true. And I just got like full body chills and just felt this like, this connection I never felt before. And I moved forward and I kept that promise and went back and had the intuitive feeling to start a podcast, started the podcast. Um, I ended up buying a flight to Bali for six months in advance before I quit my job, before I had a business, before I knew how I could make it work. Ended up quitting my job a few months later with no steady income, no idea if this new business idea I had was going to work. And um, basically took risk after risk and leap after, after leap of faith after leap of faith. And it all paid off and it all worked out. Um, and it was just me taking terrifying risk after terrifying risk and just trusting my intuition. And it's what I still do. And it always works. <laughs> How much of manifestation do you think is just believing and trusting that we're taken care of? Uh, it's like 95%. I mean, you've also got to obviously take action and learn what the intuitive action is, how to tune into your intuition. But so many people block themselves because they're like, great, let me meditate all day. Let me visualize. Let me do the affirmations. You know, let me make the vision board. And that stuff is fun and it works, but it doesn't work without taking the scary action and you can't take the scary action if you don't trust and believe that everything's going to be okay and you're actually supported 
And so that's 95% of the job is creating a safe enough state within your body and enough trust between you and, you know, the universe or whatever that is for you to be able to actually trust your intuition because almost every person knows what the next step is. At least subconsciously, a deep part of yourself knows. You know the roadmap to get where you want to go. Most of us are too terrified to actually move forward. And so the first step to manifestation is, yeah, creating that belief system, creating that safety so that you can learn to actually listen, believe, and trust your intuition. Yeah, because I think manifestation as spirituality becomes more mainstream has definitely become this coin phrase, you know, I'm manifesting this. How do you feel about that? And and do you think that there's almost this falsehood to it or um, people are kind of missing the point of what manifesting actually is? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, but at the same time, I don't want to demonize that because everyone needs to start in their spiritual journey at a different place. And yes, there is a very surface level tip of the iceberg version of manifestation that's being publicized and that's really popular right now. And it's, like I said, the tip of the iceberg and it can only get you so far and it won't bring you the fulfillment that most people are looking for. However, for some people that's the foot in and most people aren't actually ready at the beginning of their journey for everything that this journey actually is, right? For like the shadow work and the repressed emotions and like the deep, deep work that's actually will bring you to that next level that we crave. And like for me, the beginning of my spiritual journey was, you know, that version of manifestation. Like I was drawn in by the vision boards and the positive thinking and like all of the fun, sparkly, bubbly stuff. And without that, I wouldn't be where I am now. So I do think that that is kind of what's publicized and it gives manifestation a bad name. But the other side, like the flip side of the coin, it's like it's necessary to bring people in, to get people into like what the actual journey will become if they stick with it. Um, So there's kind of a polarity to it. Yeah. Are you encouraged by more people at least being open to the idea of manifestation? Yes, I think it's exciting. I think the fact that it's going more mainstream is so exciting. And, you know, it's more and more people, like as I take my work deeper, as I, as I bring more to what I'm teaching, like more and more people are open to it and ready to go deep. Like people are ready to dive all the way in more than ever, especially in the last year. And, you know, it's kind of just like this process. Like they start by hearing the mainstream manifestation. They like dip their toes in, they get excited. Some small things manifest and they want to go deeper. Then they want to go deeper. Then they want to go deeper. And um, it's really, really, really exciting. Let's talk about the going deep aspect of manifestation because a lot of people think, okay, I'll just declare my desires to the universe. I'll do a vision board. I'll journal and the universe will take care of me without doing that inner work. So when you're teaching people how to manifest, what do you teach them about that shadow work? How do you walk them through that? Oh, there's so much. And You know, here's the biggest thing is that there's two kinds of manifesting. There's manifesting with force and there's manifesting with ease, with alignment. And manifesting with force is like manifesting from ego. And this is what mainstream manifestation really is. Like, I I want this car, I want this house, I want this money, and so I'm going to visualize it and try to force it to appear and then take whatever action I think I need to take to make it show up. And there's nothing wrong with this. Um, But then there's a completely different side of manifestation, which is, 
manifesting with ease. And that first kind leads to burnout, right? It'll work for a while, then eventually we're going to get completely burnt out. Things are going to stop coming because it's, it's coming from this surface level place. Manifesting from ease where things just kind of like attract you. You don't even really have to do that much. You don't have to stare at the vision board all day or journal all day. You can just live your life and be in the present moment. And the things that are aligned with you simply show up because you're living in such alignment with your highest self, with your soul, with the universe. And so this is when the focus isn't on how do I manifest the car. It's how do I get into alignment and the car or whatever else is going to bring me the highest excitement is simply going to show up. And that's the kind of manifestation I'm focused on is how do we get into alignment? And so, you know, most people don't even know what they really want, right? We think we want a million dollars or we think we want the car or the house or the job. What we really want is what it's going to bring us. We want the sense of freedom or we want the feeling of pride or we want the attention or we want the worthiness. We attach our worth to this thing. And there is nothing wrong with that. But this deeper level is understanding that you can have all of those feelings, the worth, the freedom, whatever it is, before the manifestation. And when we cultivate that within, everything else comes with ease and we're better able to listen to our intuition. And and the process of getting to that place is a process of a lot of like releasing repressed emotions that we've kept inside since childhood, releasing a lot of deep, dark, limiting beliefs that we don't even know we have at an unconscious level. Um, understanding the different identities that we've attached ourselves to that are actually holding us back and aren't actually who we are on a soul level. So there's layers. And it's really a, a process of really unlearning and releasing everything that's blocking us from our natural and organic state of complete alignment. And the more we do that, the more things just attract to us with ease. <laughs> oh, I love that. But even just doing that deep inner work, that doesn't mean you can't make this the vision board or do the journaling, right? These are still things you recommend for manifestation. A million percent. Like I do that stuff. I do the vision boards. I do the journaling. I do the affirmations. I love it. The problem is when it becomes a crutch, right? And we're mm -hmm. waking up every morning and we're saying the affirmations because we don't believe that us on our own, that we are worthy and capable of attracting whatever we want without the affirmations, right? So when they become a crutch um, to take the place of feeling unworthy of attracting what we want, and then it becomes this almost like we overdo it, right? We look at the vision board every single day and we make sure we say the affirmations three times a day at the same time. And we have all these, we create rules around spirituality. And then spirituality becomes almost like a religion. And instead of bringing us more freedom, it brings us even more restriction. Um, which is the opposite of the freedom that most people are looking for. So it's not about the thing or the action or the strategy. It's about the energy and the intention that we're bringing to it. Mm -hmm. and, and I want you to talk about your experience with vision boards because you have had things manifest in a very literal way from the things you've put on your vision boards or the pictures you've put on your vision boards. Yes, I love vision boards. I've always used them. My computer, which I'm looking at right now, like the background is my vision board. Um, and the reason I think they're so powerful is because it's important to be connected to your vision. And manifestations come more easily when our vision feels second nature. So a lot of my manifestations, which I've had so many show up miraculously, like straight off my vision board. Like when I manifest places to live, I'll literally walk in and it's like I'm walking into 
my own dream that I've lived a million times and it feels normal to me. It's not like, wow, I can't believe it's here. It's like, of course it's here. I've lived it so many times already in my mind. I felt it and I already knew it was mine. So it feels almost like second nature for it to show up in my reality. And that's the feeling when you know a manifestation is going to come. And it becomes easier to get to that place internally when you're having that visual and you're reminded of it every day. And it becomes easier to step into that person who has that and take the scary action to get there when that vision is in your mind every day. And I don't create vision boards and, you know, stare at them every single day, but I'll have it as my phone background or my computer background. So our subconscious mind is seeing it and it becomes more of a normalized image and a dominant image in my mind and it becomes commonplace to my subconscious until I get to a point where it's like, you know, it has no choice but to show up to me um, because I'm already completely embodying it. So vision boards can be extremely powerful if you use them in the right way. And how powerful is our subconscious mind when it comes to manifesting? Oh my gosh, it's everything. <laughs> it's, um, it's 90 to 95% of our reality is created by our subconscious. And most of our subconscious, if you've never worked on it before, has been programmed by the age of seven. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so everything we experience before the age of seven, from the music we hear in the background, in the car, to the TV shows that we watch, to our peers, to our teachers, to our parents, everything conditions our subconscious mind with belief systems that if we don't ever work through them, they continue to manifest over and over and over and over as adults. You know, let's see, for example, um, let's say as a child, um, you're a five-year-old and you come home from a school and you have a test. You're like, mommy, I got a beat on my test. I'm so excited. And she's like, yay, congratulations. Um, next time we're gonna work harder and get you that A. And you know, it's a harmless comment, but that creates the belief of, oh, I'm not good enough unless I achieve more or I need to work harder to receive praise, which we equate to love as a child. So then we become adults who believe that we need to work harder and hustle more and achieve more to feel loved, to feel good enough. And so this creates these patterns, these unconscious drives in our lives. We don't know why we feel pushed to perfectionism. We don't know why we feel pushed to achieve more, but we do on an unconscious level. And when we believe that we cannot achieve or receive love without hard work or without um, moving up that ladder, that becomes our reality. And so it's really important to break down these subconscious beliefs to be able to move past this place of whatever your patterns have been in your adult life. Um, so I would say that's like 80% of a lot of what I teach is, um, especially in the beginning of people's manifestations journeys, is how do we rewire and reprogram all of the stories that we've been believing and unconsciously following since we were children. Oh, resonates so deeply with me. I feel like coming into my own spirituality has involved so much of that deep inner work you were talking about that is the key to manifestation, removing those blocks, realizing how I've been trained to literally perform. <laughs> Like so much of what I do is performative or so much of what I believe is because of how I was raised or the beliefs that were kind of whispered in my ears as I was growing up. And so it, it's crazy going along that journey and just unpacking how I'm made up has really unlocked so much of my own manifesting power without even actually trying to do it. 
Yeah, that's the thing about it is it's when you're not trying so hard. You know, when we're so stuck on, I need to try really, really hard to manifest X, Y, and Z, we create all this resistance. But when we just follow what feels good in every single moment, that's when things naturally happen, right? And sometimes what feels good leads you to releasing these these layers because it feels way better to be able to let go of these patterns that are creating anxiety, um, that are creating these feelings of like, oh, I need to do this, or I need to show up in this way, or I need to, whatever it might be. When we're able to let go of that, we naturally feel more at peace. And from that state, we naturally are able to manifest with more ease because manifestation is so natural to us. We are born with the ability. It's like, you know, gravity never goes away. You don't have to really think about it. We don't think about staying on earth. Gravity just does it for us. Manifestation can be the same when we start to let go, like you said, of all of those those stories that were whispered in our ear. And, uh, you know, it, it, it can be an easier process than most people think. <laughs> what has happened with your closest relationships as you've come more into your own and developed your own spirituality? How have those relationships changed? That's such a good question um, because it's been dramatic. It's been extremely dramatic. And I think this is something a lot of people struggle with in the beginning of their spiritual journeys. Because I call like at the beginning of your spiritual journey coming out of the spiritual closet because it feels like that. <laughs> it's so scary. At least for me, it did. And in the beginning, like to be completely honest, I did lose friends. Um, I had relationships that kind of dropped off. People who stopped talking to me. I, I did have people who made fun of me in the beginning. Close friends that I loved and cared about who were triggered. And had nothing to do with me, right? They see a reflection of me and uh, they see a reflection in me of something that they don't feel worthy or safe to step into. And so we demonize what doesn't feel safe to us because it would be really painful to look at something and be like, ooh, I want that, but I don't feel worthy of it. That's painful. So instead we project judgment and we project pain so we don't have to feel our own. So I had a deep understanding that it had nothing to do with me personally. And that's why I was able to move through it with so much ease. It was still a painful experience, but I had this higher perspective of, you know, the people that are meant to be with you in this journey will find you. And so a lot of relationships changed or fell away. And for a while there was this loneliness of like, I feel like no one understands me. And then after I came into myself and really felt comfortable and like fully loved myself as this new version of myself, I began to attract people who appreciated and respected this version of me in the same way I did. And, you know, a year or two later, the most magical part is that some of the relationships that fell away came back and they came back even deeper. And these people were wanting to learn from me and were wanting to go deeper into their spiritual journey. And even family in the beginning, they always supported me, but they didn't get it. And they didn't want to, to learn what I was teaching. And, you know, a couple of years later I had, you know, my mom wanted to take my spiritual courses and like my sister's opening up to it and like relationships completely transforming. And so whenever people ask me, like, how do I get the people around me to support me? The answer is don't try to get anyone to understand you. Do not try to make anyone support you or understand you. It's okay. And people won't, they'll be triggered by you, but everyone will be a reflection of you. Their judgments are of you is your own fear of who you're becoming, your own judgments of yourself. So when we look at it as a mirror, we understand that as you shift, the people around you will as well. And um, I have seen miracles happen in relationships. 
when people focus on themselves, right? Just lead by example and the right people will show up or the people around you will eventually shift as long as you're not trying to change anyone. <laughs> Girl, you are telling my life story over the past year or two right now. I mean, this is like, I could be saying all of this as true for myself. Um, it just so powerful, so much truth. And something I've noticed you say quite a bit is that I am a mirror for you, which is so perfect with all of your Libra placements, right? Like that is such a Libra energy. But explain that. How are you a mirror for someone else and how am I a mirror for someone else? I think this is the biggest part of, one of the biggest keys to healing. And I think Crystal just asked the question, how do we start to release those layers we want to let go of? And this is a really mm -hmm. good way to do it. You know, this is a good way to see your subconscious patterns because subconscious patterns are subconscious. We don't realize them for a reason because we're not conscious of them. But a really good way to become, to start to become aware of some of your subconscious beliefs or patterns is to look at the ways people around you trigger you. You know, uh, when someone triggers you, which means like um, evokes um, what feels like a heavy or what feels like a negative emotional response, it can be a reflection of a belief a limiting belief or a pattern that we have on an unconscious level because you can't be triggered by something you don't believe. Uh, you know, if someone were to say to you like, oh, you're so stupid, like you have purple skin, no one will ever like you. Well, that would never trigger you because you don't believe that your skin is purple and that that's a bad thing. But if someone says something to you that triggers you, even if you know you don't believe it on a deep level, there's a belief there that wants to be worked through. And it could be, you know, something completely different. Let's say um, someone triggers you because of their success, right? It's not something they say to you, but you look at someone that you really like and they're making way more money than you. Or uh, maybe someone's driving a fancy car and that really triggers you. Like, who are they to spend money on a fancy car? They should be, you know, supporting a charity. That used to be me. And that makes you angry. We want to look at that. That's a mirror. That person is a mirror to you. And if it triggers you, there's something there. There's a belief there. And usually what it is is, oh, I deeply subconsciously desire what they want, but I don't feel worthy of it, right? You know, maybe I have a belief system that says rich people are greedy. Uh, maybe I have a belief system that says um, I am not worthy of having a lot of wealth. And so when I see it in my reality, it's going to trigger me. And it's going to let me know where my beliefs are that want to be worked through. And so understanding our, our triggers as mirrors is a, one of the best ways to begin to understand what the layers are and to be able to release them. And on the other side of mirror, the mirror perspective, is the qualities that you admire in other people, you can't see in someone else what is not already within you. So everything you look at in all of your idols, like, oh my gosh, like, how is she so well-spoken? How is she so confident? I wish I could be like her. You cannot recognize a quality in someone else if it's not in you. So when you look at someone else and you admire them, realize that it's a reflection of what's already within you and it's a sign that that's something that's wanting to be fully expressed within you and you already have it within you to step into that. So it can be really powerful no matter which end of the spectrum you're looking at. <laughs> oh, so good. So much truth just speaking to my soul. You touched on relationship to wealth and that's something that I personally, I think, struggle with. Um, when you said, you know, people who are wealthy or greedy, that can be a subconscious belief. You know, I don't have to go into the why behind this. I know where that comes from for me. 
how do you let go of that? And how important is it to be specific about the wealth you want to call in when you're manifesting, if you are trying to manifest money? Yeah. Ooh, this is good. I love talking about money. Um, okay. So the first question was, how do you work through beliefs such as people who are rich are greedy? AKA, you know, when we have this belief, people who are rich are greedy. And also I want more money. And the, <laughs> because then our mind says, wait, I want more money. But if I have more money, I'm going to be a greedy person like the people I judge. And I don't want to be that. And so we actively push away the money that we desire with this belief. So it's important to work through it. How do we actually do it? Um, the first thing we want to do is surround ourselves with examples of people who have what we want and are the kind of person we want to be. Because the truth is that money doesn't create greedy people, right? Money amplifies who you already are at your core. And so if more money makes you a greedy person, it's not the money that made you that way. Money's a neutral energy. It's the greediness was already within you and it was amplified by the money because money is a tool. So there are people in the world who are kind hearted, who have tons of money and are generous with it. And of course there are also rich people who are greedy. And what we see portrayed in the media, almost 95% of the time is greedy rich people. I mean, look at all of our popular movies. Like look at, you know, Titanic. In the movie Titanic, you've got all of the rich people, they're stuffy, they're greedy, they're spoiled, like they don't have fun. And the poor people have amazing parties and, you know, they have the best time and they're more humble and you want to be them. And sometimes that's the way it is, but that's not a universal truth. But that's what we've been programmed with by Hollywood, by TV, by everything from a very young age. Like, look at, you know, even Mean Girls. Like, the rich people are the popular ones who are stuck up and spoiled and brats. And so we want to give ourselves examples of rich people who have wealth and are generous and kind-hearted and giving. That's the first step. They're everywhere. You just got to look for them consciously. Like on your Instagram, go find accounts of people who have a lot of money, who do good things with that money. There are tons of them. I follow a lot of them. That was my first step is unfollow anyone who makes me feel or triggers me because they're doing the wrong things with money and fill my reality with dominantly examples of people who are doing good things with money so I can begin to see that it's the truth. Um, and then I, you know, the next step is to like, look at, look at yourself and look at the way that you're showing up and look at the ways that you're interacting with money and ask yourself, like, what is my current relationship with money? How am I using it? Am I being generous with it? And that was something that I looked at within myself is if I want to, um, become a generous, kind-hearted, wealthy person. Well, money is going to amplify who I am. So who am I? Am I truly at my core, a generous, kind-hearted person? Or are there ways in which I feel like I'm being greedy in my own life? Because if I have this fear of being a greedy, wealthy person, then let's look at this. And so I started to intentionally become more giving. And before I had money, I would go to a coffee shop, buy a $1 coffee and tip 100% because that was all I had and it was all I could give or I'd begin to give things that weren't money. I began to become more generous in my reality and I knew that more money would simply amplify that. And so those were the two biggest things I did. And then I began to task my mind to look for examples in my reality of people um, being good and generous with money. And the more I began to notice it, right? Where our focus goes is where our energy flows. The more I began to attract more examples until my dominant vibe, people in my reality began to be generous, rich people because it's what I was focused on. 
Um, so, you know, it's not an overnight shift and it takes time, but it's not hard to do. I love that. And I've heard other people who are really big in the manifestation community talking about, um, you know, being being giving. And when you put out money, when you give to other people is usually when you start to receive as well. It's kind of like that energy you're putting out is the energy you're able to receive. So when it comes to setting intentions, do you say, okay, I want to make six figures by this date? Or how do you go about that? So personally, I rarely put dates on my manifestations just because it naturally creates more resistance for a lot of people, especially for someone like me who grew up, you know, like a perfectionist, always wanting to get straight A's and meet deadlines. And I put so much pressure on myself. And so when I set a date for manifestation, like, okay, I'm going to manifest 10 K by next Friday. And then I'm immediately going into this like overdrive, like how can I force this to happen? And, um, I'm not coming to it from a place of ease and alignment. I'm coming from my own programming of, um, I need to make this happen to feel worthy. Um, I need to meet this deadline. So, and I've seen this pattern in many people and I've found that generally for most people, manifestation with ease, um, can happen more easily without timelines because the truth is a timeline can also be limiting. There are no limitations in the universe. Like it could happen in the next minute. It could happen in the next year and it's going to happen in absolute divine timing. And there's been situations in my life where I wanted to manifest something by a certain time. And it actually came a lot later and looking back, if it had come when I thought I wanted it, I wouldn't have been able to handle it and would have sabotaged it. And when it did come, it was perfect timing, but I wouldn't have known it. And so my form of manifestation is more of setting the intention for what I want, trusting that it's mine and surrendering to when it's coming. So I very, 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 very rarely set timelines. I am specific about money goals, but I'm once again, not specific about when they come. You know, when I started my business, I used to go to bed every night and I would read a um, little note card that said, oh, I'm so grateful to be a six figure earner. Uh, and I would read it every night and every morning before I fell asleep. And it happened within six months, I hit six figures, but I had no timeline for that. And now it's kind of same thing. Like I know, I'll be in the seven figures and probably one day multiple seven figures. But honestly, like, I don't even care when it happens. Like, I already know that I am that person. I already know it's mine. Like, if it happens in 50 years, in one year, it does not matter to me. I truly feel so surrendered to it um, because I know I have everything that I need in this present moment. I don't need that to feel happy, to feel fulfilled, to feel abundant. I have all of that right now. had all of it when I was broke. Um, and everything else is just kind of like the cherry on top. And so I'm really surrendered to the timing of it, which is why I think the quantum leaps happen so often for me because I'm just so deeply surrendered to the timeline. Oh, you just gave me the chills. This touches perfectly on my next question, something I've heard you talk about. And I think that this is a really valuable tool that I know I'm going to start using. You talk about scripting. Explain what that is and how that helps you manifest. I love scripting. Scripting is probably <laughs> the number one form of manifestation, like a manifestation strategy that I use the most. Um, so scripting is really just like writing out your manifestations as if it's already here. So what I'll do is I'll just like free write in my journal. So let's say I, I've used scripting for every dream location I've manifested. So 
my what I invest in manifesting because I've moved around so much. I travel a lot is uh, places to live, whether it's for a week or for a year, whether it's a lease or just somewhere I'm traveling to. I'm really good at last minute things just show up and it's exactly what I want without me looking for it. And the way I do this is I will first make a list of everything I want in this place I want to live, like down to like marble countertops or the kind of lighting or the windows that I want. And then I'll script on what it feels like to be there. So I remember doing this for my house I lived in last year in um, North Carolina. Um, It was like in the woods. It was beautiful. It was big. It was modern. It was well lit. And I remember writing everything down like I would say like, oh, I've just stepped into my brand new home and it feels so nice. I can feel the sun on my skin from the windows and I'm, you know, the marble countertops feel like, you know, smooth and cold. And I'll just write from the perspective of me being in there. And I go through all five senses, right? Like what it feels like, what it smells like, what it sounds like, what it looks like. I'm missing whatever the fifth sense is here, but I go through all five of them. Taste, taste. (laughs) taste like and so I remember writing about like oh like I just put cookies in the oven like I can taste them in my mouth and um, I went through all of that and I walked myself through the entire home and I scripted what it felt like and it felt so real to me and I only did it one time that's a big thing everything on scripting I only do it once because when I do it over and over and over it's like I'm confirming this belief that I don't believe that the universe is making it happen. I don't believe that it's gonna happen on one time. It's like almost like I'm infusing doubt into it when I do it more over and over and over. So I do it once, I feel it once, and then I trust it's mine. And now and then I might visualize it again and get excited and feel it, but I don't really go back to it or read it until it shows up. And it always shows up. And you know, like specifically, I remember walking into that home last year in North Carolina, it was the one and only place I looked at and being like, oh my God, I've just walked into my literal daydream that I created for myself six months ago. Like, this is it. Um, And it's such a surreal moment, and it's happened over and over and over. Um, So, yeah, scripting is my favorite, favorite, favorite form of manifestation. So amazing. Something else I've heard you talk about. You speak with such ease about this, saying, like, our reality is just a hologram. Like, none of this is real. You can shape it however you want to. Talk to me about that. (laughs) Yes, this is my favorite perspective and I come back to it a lot when I get too down on life because I think it's really easy to get so caught up in human life and we make our problems feel so big and we forget that like (laughs) we're literally like a tiny speck on this rock that is like spinning around in this like unimaginably expansive universe like we we're so small and you know our souls are so big and we feel we forget we forget our true nature that we're so much bigger and like my personal belief is that we have this huge expansive soul or what I call a higher self and only a portion of who we are is available to our human consciousness and like our conscious walking reality but there is so much more and I believe that our higher self the part of us that we are unconscious to in our waking reality is here guiding us, helping us, and knows the best. And we can tune into that guidance. And like we are really like in a hologram. And I think of it almost as, you know, like our higher self is like, you know, do you ever play Sims when you were a kid, right? Like we are like in the Sims game and our higher self is like, you know, us controlling the Sims. And um, the more we tune into our higher self, the more we can really control this reality all just is a hologram of our consciousness 
and we're all co-creating it together. And when we forget that, it becomes easy to become a victim to this life and to feel like things are just happening to us and we have no control. And there are things we don't have control over, like we're part of a collective consciousness as well. We're not in control of every single thing that shows up, but we're in control of how we react and how we respond. And that in itself dictates what we continue to manifest into our reality. So we are not victims to our reality. Like it is just a hologram. It's this walking dream state. And the more I remind myself of that, the more I realize how much power that I truly have that, that we've all been conditioned to forget. Um, and this is why I've loved to like learn and lean more into quantum physics and understanding like the science behind like life as a hologram, because the more it feels real to your mind, your subconscious that this human life is nothing more than illusion, the easier it becomes to kind of take control of it, um, and to shift it and to create it to be and design it to be what you want. Uh, so yeah, that's my favorite perspective on reality. I love it. And you talked about getting into religion in high school. I know that the more I lean into spirituality and become more public about my beliefs and my spirituality, it does tend to trigger people who are deeply rooted in religion. How do you feel about religion now? Um, and do you feel more spiritual now than you did when you were going to church on your own? I do. I feel more connected because my perspective now is, you know, religion isn't all bad and there are beautiful things about it. And I have a lot of really religious friends and we, you know, agree with a lot of things. Um, but my perspective is that religion is learning from someone else's experience of spirituality and spirituality is having your own experience. And, you know, there's nothing really wrong with either. But for me, I feel more connected now that I feel more empowered to have my own experiences and to create like what feels true to me rather than learning from something else. This is the truth of the universe or this is the truth of God. Now I'm like, okay, wait, what if I have all the answers inside me? What if I don't need to read anything or listen to anyone to know it's true? And I just listen to myself and tune into me and find my own truth and create my own truth. And that's for me what, what spirituality is like for me, spirituality isn't the crystal crystals or the tarot cards or manifestation. Those are all just like tools and they're fun and I love them. But for me, spirituality is just tuning into myself and, and a journey of learning to trust myself. That's all it is. It's like living my normal life, but really trusting me and like knowing that I and only, only I have all the answers and there is no one and nothing outside of me who can tell me my own truth. Like no book, no teacher, no coach, no mentor, no nothing outside of me can tell me my own truth. And for me, that is, that is spirituality. And so I feel so much more like just empowered and the deeper I'm able to trust myself, the more magical and synchronistic my life gets. And so, you know, I think that that can be attained within religion and it can be attained outside of religion. It's just a matter of, um, you know, do you give your power to something outside of you or do you find your own power within you? You are speaking straight from your Sagittarius moon right now. <laughs> I love it. Um, if you could go back to Kristen two years ago and show her your life right now, what do you think she would say? She would be blown away. 
she would be so proud. Uh, I think she would be amazed at how far I've come and how different not just my life is, but how different I am and how different I feel in my body. Like the amount of safety, peace, and internal fulfillment I've cultivated. Um, she didn't even know that was something that was attainable back then. I mean, my life looks a lot better, right, on the outside. Like I have all the physical things I wanted to manifest, but I've still gone through huge ups and downs in my life. And within the lowest of lows, I've still felt this deep sense of ease and safety and knowing that it still was all working out for me. And like that is, I think, my deepest sense of pride and fulfillment. It's like, it's not, you know, the apartment I'm living in. It's, it's none of the physical things I'm proud of. It's all straight off my vision board, but I'm most proud of I'm most proud of like the internal sense of safety and ease and like deep connection um, that I've fostered because that is, like to me that is abundance at its core. It's our internal state, and so I think if she could just feel how I feel in my life, like I would love her to just know like you can get here, you can feel like this, like there there are deeper levels of fulfillment and joy and like internal peace to reach. Um, and it's not the money or the home or the partner that's going to make you feel these things. It's you. <laughs> um, so I think that she would be, um, yeah, she'd be blown. She'd be blown away. Do you think that's been the biggest key to your success in this huge journey you've had over the past two years is that internal fulfillment and really tapping into yourself? Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it, like, we attract what we are. We don't, we don't manifest what we want. We attract who we are being and who we are at our core. And so when you cultivate that inside, when you cultivate internal abundance, that attracts everything else. And like we kind of touched on in the beginning, like you're going to try to manifest from ego and force it. And when you do that, you're going to amplify the same feelings that you're acting from. So, you know, we want to manifest a, our soulmate partner but we're really doing it to avoid loneliness or to fill a void or because we don't feel worthy on our own. We might not even realize that consciously, but when we manifest from that place, the partner we attract is going to amplify the feelings of loneliness or unworthiness within the relationship. And so when we come from a place of cultivating and bringing the unconscious to the conscious, right, which is kind of the shadow work, realizing what's in the shadow, bringing it to light and loving it, and manifesting not from a place of trying to reject or avoid our loneliness or our fulfillment, but from a place of deeply loving that part of us and realizing that we have everything we need with or without the manifestations, that's when everything comes with ease and amplifies the worthiness that we've attracted it from, right? And so, you know, that's why I think it's so important to, you know, rather than just looking at the surface level version of manifestation, focusing on bringing the unconscious to the surface, and then cultivating those feelings within first so that everything you attract brings more peace and joy and fulfillment to your life rather than the other way around. Mm, I love that. I love this perspective. Before we finish this up, are there any last thoughts that the people need to know about manifestation? And I'll also give you an opportunity at the end to talk about all of your amazing offerings. But any last thoughts? Hmm. What is coming to mind, which I'm assuming is what people who are watching will need to hear, is just take the leap. Because if I could tell myself anything, if I could sit in front of myself from two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, I would say stop waiting and just do it. Like you're going to be held, you're going to be protected, 
you know, it's all going to work out and the fear isn't going to go away. You're not going to have less fear in a month or two months or three months. Ready will never come. Feeling ready doesn't exist. Just do it now. Like whatever that thing is, like you, if you're listening to this, you know what it is. It's already on your heart. You're probably thinking of it right now. Just do it. Um, take the leap of faith because, you know, you're either going to get the outcome you want or the lesson you need to receive the outcome you want in an even more divine way. Uh, and that's the advice I would, I wish I could tell myself from two years ago. And whenever I'm scared or need advice now and I'm like trying to tune into my higher self, my future self, like that's always what I receive. That's always the download. Um, if you're not going to be ready, just do it. Just trust. <laughs> Just do it. I love the comments coming through too. People saying they love listening to you, getting so many insights. As am I. This is exactly what I needed to hear today. It's so perfect. I love it. That makes me so happy. So I end all of my shows with a card pull. So I'm going to pull from this deck for you. Love deck. Yeah, it's the best deck. Um, but while I'm shuffling and getting ready to pull our card. Do you want to just tell people how to find you and you can talk all about the offerings you have right now? I know you just started something new and you just have tons of resources. <laughs> yeah. So the best way to connect with me is on Instagram at pursuit of bliss with an underscore after it. I also have a podcast called pursuit of bliss. Um, that's kind of where I share all of my heart and soul. It's, it's what I love most about my business. And um, yeah, I have a couple offerings. I have Blissful Abundance Academy, which is my 10-week manifestation academy. It's all of the secrets, like a vault of all of my manifestation secrets. Um, I've just launched my mastermind, which is Quantum Queendom. And it's for leaders who want to take things to the next level, um, who are ready for massive up levels, who are ready for more ease, more abundance. Um, and that is actually enrollment has just ended, but I will be launching again in the new year. And I'm also going to be putting some new offers out very soon. So your best bet is to connect with me on Instagram. As you said that, 11, 11 a.m. right now at my time. I, I know that. not your time. <laughs> so that's of the course. sign. Connect with her on Instagram. I think also before I show you the card I pulled, which is absolutely perfection, um, I noticed you talking, you know, I did my own little research. I stalked you a little bit before this interview. Um, you have invested so many of your own resources, so much of your own money to learning from other people who have mastered manifestation. And now you're able to share all those tools in these containers. Yes. Oh, I've invested so much. I think now it's well over 150K. I don't know the exact number, but. I continue, like the first time I invested money, it was, um, I invested my rent money when I was broke a few years ago in my first mentor. And, um, you know, as I continue to make more, I continue to make bigger and bigger investments because every time it needs to scare me or I'm not going to have that quantum up level I want. And it is always terrifying. I'm always about to like poop my pants in a fear, um, <laughs> always back multiplied. And that's, why I continue to up level so quickly. Like that's a secret. People want to know always like, what's your secret? How do you grow so fast? It's, I am always learning from people who are where I want to be. No matter where I get, I'm learning from someone who's ahead of me. That's my biggest secret. And leaning into that fear, right? Like it's going to be scary no matter what. <laughs> always. It's always going to be scary, but life is a hologram. It's just a game. It, it, you know, it gets to be playful. Like you get to play with it. It doesn't need to be this big, scary, oh my God, what am I doing? 
Like, what if we looked at it as just a hologram? It's just a game. It can be playful. It can be fun. Let's see how the money is going to come back. That's the energy I invest from. I love that. This plays perfectly into the card I just pulled. This flew out of the deck at me. Align your life. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what an aligned card. That's perfect. Right? You've been talking so much about alignment, and I. this is just so perfect. So the message it says is, or the question it asks is, what is not aligned or needs to change? I love that. So I'm going to read just the short little description. Here we go. Align your life. What in your life is no longer in alignment with who you truly are? We are cyclical beings in a constant state of change, of evolution, of growth. Change is one of the only certainties of life. When you resist your cyclical nature, you resist life and feel stuck. Many of us have learned to be who the world wants us to be, but there comes a time when it is harder to hold on to this facade than it is to embrace who we truly are, to surrender to how we've changed and align life to that way of being. If you pulled this card, you're being called to let go of who you once were or the things that you once defined yourself by, the job, the relationship, the mask you wore, and to embrace who you truly are now to courageously step into the person that you came here to be in full authenticity, mm. to embrace your weirdness and your uniqueness. Perhaps you've outgrown some relationships or circumstances, and it is time to reassess and bring all the parts of your life into alignment so that they are congruent with who you truly are today. Oof. I love that. <laughs> so good. So perfect for everything we talked about today. Um, and honestly, so on point with the astrology forecast today as well. I did that earlier this morning on YouTube, um, which is just so reaffirming. I love when that happens. So I just want to end by expressing so much gratitude to you for coming on, for gracing us with all of your knowledge, for sharing your experience. This has been so eye-opening for me, and I know it's going to be transformative for everybody who finds this video or podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was so good to connect again, and this was so much fun. So it was an honor. I am so grateful we connected. We'll have to stay connected, and I just can't wait to see your next up levels where your journey takes you. So much fun to reconnect with a fellow Bronco and see how you have just blossomed since high school. Seriously, like I'm looking at a different person completely. I mean, I could say the same about you. Uh, well, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day and thank you to everyone who joined this conversation. We'll be going live again tomorrow at 10 a.m. with our next guest. But until then, stay curious. Thank you so much for joining our discussion today. If you enjoyed this episode of The Spiritual Journalist, you can find more on thespiritualjournalist.com or you can listen to our conversations wherever you enjoy podcasts. And if you want to learn more about astrology, join me live every weekday morning on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for Today's Transits, where we break down the energy of the day based on the movement of the planets and start our morning off in a high vibe. 
All of the information we share on The Spiritual Journalist is completely free to you. So if you'd like to support more content like this, the easiest way to do so is to subscribe to our YouTube page. Just search The Spiritual Journalist. Or if you're feeling extra generous, you can buy me a coffee to fuel future live streams. Just tap the link in the description or head to buymeacoffee.com and search The Spiritual Journalist. I'm so grateful you found us here and I can't wait for our next conversation.